Hey, Pro fans, thanks for your support. Whether you're subscribing to the podcast through iTunes, visiting pulpmx.com, streaming the show via the Stitcher app on your smartphone, or buying from our show sponsor, btosports.com, without you, we could not do this. You can still type M-A-T-T-H-E-S upon checkout at btosports.com if your order is $100 or more for a discount. Lastly, for some insider info and maybe a laugh or two, Follow Mathis's Twitter updates at twitter.com slash pulpmx. episode of the Steve Mathis Show, there is a high chanceability. You will either learn something a lot of people don't know. You left thinking or make you say to yourself Dude, that's so funny. The bottom line is, this podcast serves as archival documentation of this interview. Welcome to the BTOsports.com podcast show, brought to you by RacerX, hosted by Steve Mathis. Welcome to the BTOsports.com RacerX podcast show with the Indianapolis Supercross wrap-up. And man, there was a lot to talk about. I'm Steve Mathis. With me on the line, as usual, is uh, two guys that are much, much smarter than me. Jason Wygant, what's up? Really? Is yes. that an accomplishment? Or, I mean, should I be happy with that? Or is that... Well... No, really, it can be any two people in the world. Yeah. Yeah. I don't really yeah. know how to take that. And, uh, and David Pingree. Ping, what's up? Hey, man. Thank you for doing this, Ping. I want to thank you for uh, getting me up at quarter to seven this morning to get ready for our usual 7.30 a.m. podcast, only for you to not answer your phone at all. That's awesome. Thank you. Sorry. Yeah. My bad. Here we are, though. We made it. Let's not dwell on the past, you know? Let's move yeah, on. Let's, let's move on. Let's, let's, let's thank our team. We're having a great time. Um, uh, well, hey, Indianapolis came and went. Uh, Weed, you and I were there to witness it in person. Ping, you watched it on TV. And... Uh, I guess uh, we just start with you first. Um, no one can say RV got anything handed to him in this one. No, um, although there was a tweet from a gear company that sponsors um, the rider who finished second um, that said, we just ran out of time. Uh, I don't know how much time they were looking for, because unless Filippoto ran out of gas, um, I don't think there's anyone catching him in this I was I was very close to making fun of that tweet in my observations column. However... The author yeah. of that is a friend of mine, and I, for once in my life, decided to not do it. But uh, Do not burn a bridge for once in your life? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I don't know what happened, but somehow I just I got wise for a second. Um, but, yeah, I don't care how many laps you gave. If only Supercross was an hour and a half long. Yeah, I don't care how many laps you gave James Stewart to catch Ryan Villapoto. It wasn't happening. No, man, even when Stewart got in, when Stewart finally straightened his act out and he had some really close calls in the first couple laps. But even once he got it together and he got in the second and he tried to make a little run at it, Filippoto stepped it up and matched it. So 
it was his night for sure. Yeah, every time Stewart got close, he did lop off uh, eight tenths, one lap and another lap, like three tenths, but it was just simply to do with the lappers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the lappers were, were really bad because the track was so redded, but it wasn't like he ever was making up enough time where if you did math, you were saying, all right, if he does this for four or five more laps, it never got to that point. Yeah, no, absolutely. Ping, what'd you think? Well, I thought that uh, he got Huckabuck quite a few times. <laughs> yeah, no, he did. No, you, you only, I guess you only get that if you watch the broadcast. But <clears throat> anyway, uh, Emmett dropped that one on us, Huckabuck. I, I had no idea what Huckabuck was. He kept saying it. We should have a, we should have a fro word of the week. And today, the word is Huckabuck. <laughs> Maybe there's some sort of energy drink coming out called Huckabuck, and they said, hey, I Fro. Searched, I asked my Uncle Google, and he had no idea what Huckabuck was. Yeah. Um, maybe uh, I don't, yeah. don't have any recollection of it in my thesaurus of, you know, bike behavior. But anyway, right, right. I thought the race was cool cool to watch. Um, it's, it's Stewart was definitely floppy or rusty or something, or he was trying to override that track. I mean, I don't know, maybe a little all three, but, mm-hmm. um, man, RV is just solid. That's the yeah. thing with him. You know, he's, if Stewart's faster, he's good with it. He goes, all right, well, cool, I'll get a second, you know. He's just got, and, and by doing that every weekend, he's built this lead up to where now he can do that comfortably. He goes, all right, Stewart can win. It's cool. I'm going to do my, my pace, 20 laps. Yeah. And he's had, you know, what, three or four races where, I don't want to say it's been handed to him, but by being yeah. steady Eddie, and everyone else is, you know, doing their thing upside down and whatever. He's, he's oh. got wins. Yeah, no, absolutely. And and I wrote in my column that I think Stuart was fortunate to get second because he almost bought the farm a few times. Well, yeah, there yeah. was a. Uh, I mean, there was one. That was one of the. That's better than any freestyle trick. Yeah. One time where he stopped <laughs> in that rhythm lane. That was unbelievable. That's what yeah, I'm that saying. Yeah, that it, was that was a blown out knee and. And definitely a couple somersaults for most guys. And then there was a, a, a I don't know if they showed it on TV because I had a DVR problem and, or a wife problem. Um, and um, they, I don't know if they showed it on TV, but on the on-off section. The tabletop. Yeah. yeah. Did they show oh, he just That one wasn't that bad. He just yeah. kind of. He was struggling yeah. with that all night long. And that's usually his area of expertise, man, is just that sort of obstacle that he clears all the time consistently. But, uh, yeah. was Well, Weed, you talked to him. He didn't ride all week, right? Yeah, he didn't ride all week because um, of Daytona. Um, I was at least impressed that he was able to remember that he didn't ride all week because I think after Daytona the assumption was that he wouldn't even know where he was at. So he at least remembered that he crashed in Daytona <clears throat> and remembered that he was hurt enough to not ride and remembered not riding. So that yeah. was a good sign for everyone wondering why they let him continue to race. But I don't know. I mean, at this point, okay, I just look at – Guys have been in this situation before. You know, they've ridden. We're mid-season. Um, you know, Barsha hasn't ridden much in the last couple of weeks. I really don't see how three or four days off the bike would ruin him to that degree. Not, not James Stewart, at least. So I don't know how much. Well, I, I think it's a, a combination of that was the first track we've had that's been sticky, ruddy, and I mean those ruts will grab you and send you a direction you did not intend to go in a hurry. So between that, him and you know, if you watch his start, he was so far back, and to get up to where he did on the opening lap, his opening lap was awesome. And uh, I think he was just he, you know, probably knew Ryan was out front, and 
he had to get up there quick. So I think it was a combination of him not riding all week. You just kind of lose your polish a little bit, you know. It's it's not like you can't get by. Dude still got second. Yeah. But between that, having to push a little bit, and the track being the way it was, I think it just, mm-hmm. you know, he probably had three, maybe four big mistakes that, uh, I don't know, I wouldn't say they cost him the win, but no. But had he not made those, he might have made it interesting at the end, you know. I, I look more like those mistakes were so big, at least a couple of them were, that I look at it like he was fortunate to get second and save it. We could have been talking about another James Stewart big crash. That's how I look at it because they, were, they weren't just like, you know, a, a tip over or something. They were close to being an ultimate disaster. Yeah. That's the way I look that at one, it. That one in the rhythm lane you guys are talking about where he – just cross-rutted and like basically if you would have taken a snapshot right as he came off that thing yeah it would have looked like he was just doing a scrub right he was like totally flat <laughs> and then you know a couple feet later both feet came off and it got ugly but if yeah. he uh, man if it wasn't james stewart who was used to coming off jumps like that yeah i don't think he just saved it you know what i was thinking about Weege? we haven't seen james and ryan go at it for a long time i would argue that la was the last time we saw these two just, you know, trade aluminum back and forth. It's kind of funny how racing works like that. Um, I know two summers ago when Dungy and um, Corsell were battling in the 250 class, I think we made it all the way to Millville, which was like, I don't know, the 12th, 13th moto of the season, before they really battled in a race, even though they had been battling for the wins and the points lead all season long. Um, It's strange like that, and I guess that really shows how you know, people say, well, it's not just about putting in the fast laps because it's almost like the racing circumstances and putting yourself in position and things like that are going to affect things a lot more than just who can win one-on-one who's faster. Um, yeah, and according to James, you know, he said if he hadn't fallen in L.A., he thinks he would have won that one. And then I'm sure Villapoto is feeling that if he hadn't fallen in Oakland, he would have won that one. Um, but that's basically showing that we still haven't had 20 laps where they both haven't crashed, both felt they rode well. Yeah, and we saw the better guys. It just doesn't work that way. Yeah, no, yeah, it's 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 a weird deal. And uh, who does win though, Ping? If they go head to head, I think it's. I think you got to admit that that comes down to whether or not James makes a mistake. I right. think still the same speed same wise. Thing, yeah. James still has more speed, right? But he's way more prone to making mistakes and big ones occasionally. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. I don't know, man. If, if James, if they both ride like flawless races, I think on sheer speed you give it to James. But mm-hmm. obviously, if you're looking at the points right now, you know, yeah, it's Ryan who's more consistent. Yeah, and uh, oh, go ahead, Reed. I was going to say, you know, in the the days of uh, Stewart and Reed, this was much more clear cut. It seemed like week after week they would be the two guys. They would have a chance to battle. Chad wouldn't quite be fast enough. And unless James completely threw it away in his own, it was over. I feel like the fact that we even have to ask that question and we're not 100% sure of the answer, like we think it's Stewart, but maybe, that's a big credit to Villapoto. I mean, there's a chance that he might be able to beat him for 20 laps straight. And even the years and years of Reed and Stewart battling, I don't think anyone really thought that. Yeah, And we we have had weekends this year uh, where Ryan closed up on him, where Ryan was actually going faster than James. So. I, I still think Ross Speed Stewart's got it a little bit, but that's not every, that's not going to be every single night, every time, hands mm. down. I feel like, and this could be just 
product of what's going on, but I feel like we're now seeing some separation among the top five. I feel like Canards maybe dropped off a bit. Dungey and Reed are close. Maybe Dungey give the nod to Dungey, and then Villapoto and Stewart now seem to be better. What do you guys think? Or is this just a, a coincidence of the last two weeks? Um, not as much as I think we had at the beginning of the year. I think it was round two or three we did this show, and I said, I think it's just going to be those two. Ping right. said, I don't think it is. And what I, I think I'll give the nod to Ping on that one. I think that it's closer than it was mm-hmm. than the first couple of weeks. I mean, mm-hmm. after Phoenix and Anaheim, I think it looked like there were two guys and everybody else. Right. Now there's a chance for yeah. the other guys. Like no, it could, could just be the way the, the last two races have played out. It really doesn't, you know, there's no pattern going on. I guess we'll see. There's, but, there's definitely been some gaps. I mean, right. if you watch this when it was like, you know, James and Ryan were on one level, Dungey and Chad were here, and then there's a huge gap back to the next group well, of yeah. guys. I mean, Dungey went down, stalled his bike, I think, got up, you know, cleaned himself off, started it, and still caught Reed, and was, and Brayton had no chance of catching him. So He didn't stall it, but he, he did fall. Yeah, he fell. Yeah. Um, um, that's what it's I was, true. Stewart did. Um, <clears throat> Stewart went by Reed. Like he was pulling a tear off. I mean, there wasn't, yeah. you know, in Atlanta two weeks ago, that was a 19-lap battle, but and, here he just yeah. went right by him. And RV got by Reed, and also same thing, so early on. Um, James was pissed after the race. He he actually used the term, I'm pissed off right now, on the podium. So, yeah. not happy. I, I would tell you that Dungey was even more unhappy. I, did you, yeah, I don't I know if you caught him after the race, but, man, that's I as did. angry as I've ever seen him look, even after his bike's broken. Right. Kept himself composed better than than last Saturday night. Yeah, he yeah. dropped an uh, he dropped an S bomb, um, an S happens bomb uh, when I interviewed him after the race. And for his benefit, I left it out. But I mean, you don't get that from him very often, or maybe no. like, might have the first time in his life. I'm not sure. Yeah, he's got to be frustrated right now, right? I mean, he is. He's had you know a couple bike issues, and then uh, he worked his ass off at Daytona to get third. And this weekend again, I thought Reed showed that he is a veteran of you know however many 39 race wins the way he set Dungey up at the end to get by him um to stop him from passing and just the way he was putting up the fight and he seemed to know where Dungey was going to go I think it was just uh it had to have been frustrating for Dungey because I don't think I mean we all agree that Dungey was faster than Reed I mean he caught him once fell caught him again so yeah you, you could just you could you could see after the race Dungey was really really um, yeah, he got in the third. I think he'd have been like, "All right, you know, I'm on the podium. It's not bad." But yeah, yeah. I don't know. Fourth for those guys right now is like. No, I liked. Uh, hmm. I liked. We just call him this week, where everything's starting to everything's starting to bubble up. Everything's starting to show right now. We're we're, yeah, t- we're man, ten weeks there down. Was, there yeah. was a lot of raw emotion there from from all these guys. I didn't I didn't get a chance to to talk to uh, Reed or see him. I know he was. Uh, I guess I heard he was cramped up after the race. I mean, that was that physically rough on him. Yeah, but, he, um, he was worked for I sure. I mean, everybody was in their own way, mad, hurt, spent, pissed off, um, right. except for Lapoto, obviously. But as you said, Steve, the Kawasaki team is the angriest 26-point leader. Would, would you agree leader. with me? Would you agree with me? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, yeah they're just they're, – I've never seen a team so angry at everything. What are they mad about? Uh, just, I don't know. Like, nobody's given Ryan the respect that he deserves. And, you know, because he, he did have a gift in um, Atlanta and, and Daytona while we saw what happened there. And and uh, I think, yeah, Williamson, RV's mechanic, one time there was 
RV wasn't on a Racer X poster. <laughs> it's, it just goes well, on it's and on. it's hard to determine how much of that is right. them winding us up Yeah, yeah, absolutely. For fun. No, for sure. But I do think that the But problem... they notice it. But the fact they notice it to yeah. me is, does say something. Oh, it is. I think the problem is, if you look at the way the season has gone, Villapoto's success has come because he hasn't had anything dramatic happen, which means less attention. Like, the story is often, like in Atlanta, the story really wasn't about him. It was about Raiden Stewart, for example, or the story in Daytona was Stewart crashing, and was he hurt, and should they allow him back in the race? Or the story is, Kennard's a rookie, and he won a race, or why is Dungey struggling so much? He's in the lead, commandingly, yet he's not the story. But that's only because he's avoiding the drama, which is why he's in the lead. Yeah, he should just... You know, not not pay attention to this stuff because in Vegas the story will be about him when he's got the go. number one plate. You know yeah, what I mean? That's yeah. what he needs to keep his focus on. And he's probably just he's he likes to wind everybody up, give uh, you crap if if he's not getting. Oh yeah, no. He's, 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 <clears throat> well, I believe we need to accentuate. We're talking about the team. I don't think Ryan cares at all. I don't think he. You know, uh, I don't know about that. Like, oh I really? I don't know about that. I got a phone call the other oh, yeah? night. Late, I was walking my dogs. It was. Uh, 11.30 at night, East Coast time, and I got a phone call about some stuff that was written that he was, like, wondering what the hell the guy would write that. Oh. So, I mean, he wasn't mad, but he's just like, why would this guy write this? And I'm like, yeah, I don't know. It's not correct. It's it's lazy, lazy media coverage for sure. And yeah. he was like, you know, so, I mean, I, he's reading. All these guys read this shit. You, you guys know that. So, I mean, yeah, Ping, you're right. The check's going <clears> to <throat> cash, and, and, and he's going to have this lead, and, you know, that's going to be the real story is how he beat, which is probably the most stacked field in a long time. That's the story. Yeah. yeah. And, and he's just going to need to wait till May to get it. But. Yeah. Let me and, – and then probably <clears throat> go on and, and just whoop everybody outdoors. So I'm telling you, yeah. that writing's all over the wall. Yeah, Ping, you said that last week. Uh, let me ask you this, you guys. Uh, Weege, is Dungy going to win a race this year? Yeah, I got a little bit, bit higher hopes for him now. Um, now that I'm seeing this, I, it just seems crazy to me. Everyone wants to do the math, you know, if Filippoto, or sorry, if Stewart wins the last X amount of rounds and makes up three points. Well, I think it's pretty obvious looking at this season. That's not going to happen. No one's going to be perfect. No one's going to win all the races. And I think he's close enough where something's going to happen here and there, and he's, he's going to get one. I don't know if he's going to you know, go out you there. You know what it's going to take? These guys, but what's that? He, he just needs a start. His yeah. starts suck. That dude has never started in front of all those guys, I don't think. Like, it's crazy because to... last year – yeah, he couldn't get a bad start. I remember in San Francisco, I think he had to go to the LCQ, and it was like, all right, now the rookie's finally going to be up against the test. He's had things going his way, and then he pulled the whole shot from the outside, or maybe he had ninth in the heat race. But yeah. either way, he couldn't not get starts last year. Um, Reed, now he can't get a start. Yeah, Reed, Reed sometimes says things just to say things, but I mean, he's told me a few times that that bike is the best starting bike in the world he's ever had. Suzuki. Yeah, the Suzuki. He. Mm-hmm. He really thought it was awesome. But starts are all in your head, man. I really believe that. Ping, you can back me up or shoot me down. But uh, if a rider's on it and feeling it, he will get good starts. And if he's not, he won't. It's that simple. It doesn't matter how many clutches you burn at the test track during the week or how much you change your technique or, or anything like that. It's, well, uh, <clears throat> some of it is a little of those things. But the way you get it in your head is by burning a million clutches out during the week. You know what I mean? You do just starts until you're so sick of starts. And when you get to the race, you go, okay, I'm – I did a million starts. They're good. I'm going to get this. You know, it just I, I would you dis- become confident and you start to believe that you're going to get it. I would disagree but it is, with that. It's totally upstairs. I would disagree with weird. that a little bit. In the fact that Kelly Smith never used to practice starts, never. 
and he was always a good starter. And Tim Ferry and I must have practiced eight million starts, um, and he couldn't he couldn't pull a start to save his life when he was injured. Then he got healthy. But if you know you're a good starter, you don't need to practice him. If did Kelly ever go through a slump where he couldn't get one all of a sudden? Um, I don't remember it. Not with me. Anyways. Okay, well, yeah. then that's good. I, I I've gone through slumps. Like there was times I couldn't get, I I couldn't help but hole shot. Right. I could screw the gate up and somehow still get it. Yep. And then times where I, I just couldn't, I couldn't even get top ten. You know, I, I would struggle so bad. And then right. you got to go back to okay, I'm going to do 25 starts every day, every day this week when I ride. Yeah. Berludi was telling us a story mm-hmm. on Monday on the show about how uh, one time Goose didn't have the start hook on there at a national because they swapped forks out, and he forgot to put it on, and Ricky still whole shot. And then the next moto, they put it back on, and Ricky didn't get a good start in the second moto without a, without a hook, you know. Um, and we got all these lights. Teams have lights that come on and different mapping and all these things that that, 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 happen, that affect the start, yet it still comes down to just a rider knowing he can pull it, you know. Yeah. But, uh, but you're right, Dungey hasn't gotten it. So, so Weed, you say yeah. Uh, ping, absolutely, absolutely. Ping, He's going to get a win. I would not also be surprised if it just comes down to at some point he gets one late in the year and maybe the other guys are saying, well, we're just riding for points or whatnot. Right. And we'll never know for sure yeah. if that's true or not. But, 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 but you say, somehow it's going to yeah, happen. You say he gets it. Ping, what do you think? Yeah. I definitely wouldn't bet against it. I think he's, um, he's going to dig in. Harder than ever because he's got you know this is now it's now becoming more and more of an issue every week that goes by. Yeah. Oh, Dungey still hasn't won. Dungey still hasn't won. And if he if he can keep that pressure from cracking him, I think he's going to win just because he's he's going to be digging in harder than any of these guys, you mm-hmm. know. And he's got the speed. He's got every, all the pieces there. I just feel like yeah. every time he's having to inch his way up from the back or from you know yeah. six. The, the the last guy to not win. To not defend his title with at least a race win was Emig in '98, and I was thinking about that in my column. And uh, really, Emig wasn't even close, right? No, I had a horrible year. Yeah, horrible year. <clears throat> that wasn't even close. I mean, it was he had a bus, and that's about all we know. That's about all we need to say of that. Um, uh, you know, so Dungey is 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 threatening to join the that rank of of Jeff Emig, but uh, I think he's a lot closer than Fro was in '98. I don't well, think he could be that close. And not get one. You right. know what I mean? He's just going to have yeah. a night where he's on, or somebody's going to be off. I'm not even saying he needs the guys to have a bad night to win. I yeah. think he can just win. He's that close. Right. Yeah, I think Fro back in 98, the difference is Fro got, you know, swallowed up by his own hype and, you know, spent more time at Havasu than at the practice track. Dungey is actually grinding out laps and motos trying to get a win, you know, and I think that that's got to pay off at some point. Did they show the Canard Dungey thing on TV? That's the only thing they missed because that was what the very beginning end yeah, of the like first lap. There's a lot lap, going yeah, on there. Yeah, yeah. But uh, anyways, the streak continues where Dungey has not passed anybody straight up. Just by the way. It's true. It's true. Uh, uh, hey, let's. Uh, I also think he's too nice. I, I think to he was too nice too, with Reed, because yeah. he had a couple of shots at Chad mm-hmm. that would have been aggressive, but not not like nasty, dirty. That little. Um, it was sort of a dragon's back up and down and then a tight 180 left right before the finish. Man, he had like two different times where he could, he had Chad set up. All he would have had to do is cut across the corner and he didn't, he didn't take it. I think he's just trying to be too polite, you know, and that with that crowd, you can't, you're yeah. not going to get around him easy and clean. Yeah. It's, you just got to make something happen. And we've already seen that Reed's not scared to 
to rough no. you up, you know what I mean, to get by you, even if it's the 19th lap and whatever. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know if he gets a win. You guys didn't ask me my opinion, but uh, what do you say, Steve? I don't know. I'm not ready to be as as, as sure as Weege. I'm not. I'm not ready for that. Well, um, thanks for the insight. Then I'm glad we asked you. I'm not sure. Jerk. <laughs> um, I don't know. Okay. Good answer. <laughs> moving on. Hey, moving on. Exactly. Um, well, the Canard Dungey thing. I mean, Canard was very frustrated and took it out on Dungey um, after the race a little bit, and then had to go over and apologize after the race. I didn't think it was that bad. I think it's just a a symptom of Canard having some three, four bad races in a row now. Weege, what do you think? Yeah, um, I guess these are the things that happen. Is this? It's hard to define what rookie mistakes are, but I guess that's it. Um, yeah, you know, know, these little these little things that happen on the first lap or two where you completely take yourself out of the race, where maybe a second more of patience and knowing, hey, it's the first lap, I'm good. Um, it seems like the same thing t- tends to happen in each of these races, so it can't be a coincidence. Yeah, yeah, no, he, he's frustrated right now. It's funny, Weed, you talked to him after the race, eyes did I. I don't know who got to him first or whatever, but he told me, yeah, I showed up and the truck was real clean. Really yeah, I got that too. I was really happy about that. And I'm just like, where are you going with this? I don't know if he was just biting his tongue or, you know. Well, no, he told. He basically said, yeah, he didn't <laughs> even want to talk about the race. And he did give Dungey some sort of a shove, although I don't think anyone saw it. I don't yeah. think they had it on camera, and I didn't see it happen. Um, but I have to wonder, are we allowed to even say that? Because in, like, Jacksonville two years ago, Reed grabbed Stewart by the back of his shoulder, and it was like he had apparently threatened to kill him and his family. And it was like, how dare you put your hands on another rider? That is unbelievably illegal. Um, but I guess if Kennard and Dungey do it, it's okay, because he apologized. Like, that's how the rules work, right? Yeah, and I, who knows? Well, what, when, did they, when did this go down? Like, after they had fallen over on the track? No, after. No, after when Dungey, I guess, was riding, you know, he finishes the race, he goes to talk to Goose, and I guess Kennard was headed to the pit, so he just gave him a some sort of shove on the shoulder or something, right? Yeah, something, yeah. Um, so why is that not? I mean, I think the idea that a rider can't hit another rider like that is a ridiculous rule, but if it is a rule. Yeah. I mean, Reed apparently got fined for the shove, quote-unquote, on Stewart and Phoenix. Right. Yeah. So I'm, I don't know how it works. Or is it only if it happens during a race? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, who knows? Until I don't know. years ago was after I'd love, to, I'd love to ask somebody. However, I have no idea who's in charge. Who would you ask? I have no idea. Gallagher, Feld, Kevin Crower, Canfield. Uh, Canfield. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know who to ask. So. Um. Anyway, yeah, he's definitely frustrated, but I think it's one of those. And I hope the Honda guys are telling him this. Or no, Ping, you you gave him the seventy-two hour advice. The things he's frustrated at. I mean, it could be a whole lot worse. He could mm-hmm. just like be hurt or just be slow. You know? I'm telling you, man. He he's got it's he's got a problem of being too hard on himself, and I. You know, man, I'm not a I'm not a genius in really anything, <laughs> but that is really good advice if he would take it. Is like, let it stew over it for a night or the next day or whatever. But then, man, squash it. You know, like move on. You got to start. You got to look ahead. Yeah. I ruined a lot of good weekends doing exactly what he's doing. You know, you just let that let the crap that went on the weekend prior ruin you for weekends to come. Yeah. No. Red Dog definitely says he he's hard on himself. He he takes it he, he's hard on himself. He doesn't have a good practice day, you know, during the week. Yeah. So, um, um, that one, one we all can figure out everybody's problems on this show. Yeah, of course. Yeah, oh. yeah. I mean, we're all rocket scientists. 
Um, I've got the U.S. economy and budget and everything figured out here. If you guys want to go over it, yeah, and I, I can solve it right now. I eat too much. That's something that I have going on. Um, uh, Reed, Reed, a uh, couple weeks in a row, two podiums, but uh, I feel like he's off of his uh, San Diego Atlanta game, huh, Weech? Yeah, um, not sure how that. Uh, honestly, if you look at the way this sport usually works, it doesn't usually work like that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Uh, where a guy gets two weeks where, okay, you would. I know the Kawasaki guys will be very upset if they hear me say this, but it sure seemed like Reed had Villapoto covered in Atlanta. I know that Villapoto's waiting until the 19th and three quarters yeah, left to really put, show what he had. But. Since then, it's completely flipped. It's just so bizarre. That very rarely happens, especially at this point in the season. It's one thing for a guy to be off at round one. Maybe he's nervous or they don't have their settings right. But at midseason form, strange for a guy to go up and down like that. Yeah. No. What did you see, Ping? Uh, I, I mean, the only thing I can really um, chime in is that maybe those guys, you know, because they are starting from such a scratch with that bike, Every place that they've gone and tested, and, and, and maybe I'm, I, I don't know where they've tested, if they did a bunch back east that I don't know about, but I know a lot of them have done at the Castillo Ranch and I've the Honda track, and those tracks are very hard-packed, flat. There's not a lot of gooey ruts, obviously nothing like they are. So it seems like they've got that thing to work well. They've sort of got it figured out when it's typical standard Supercross conditions. But you get to Daytona where it's weird. Maybe they were lost. You go to Indy where it's super sticky, ruddy, mm-hmm. and it's a little off. I just—I don't know. That's the only thing I can really. I don't know why you would go from being having all this momentum. You got to win. You're like really one of the, you know, right there with the fastest. You seem to have momentum going your way, and then all of a sudden you're what you're. You're, you know, you're off the pace, like pretty pretty good. That's yeah. weird. It's, it is very weird. So we'll see. I, don't I know. asked you on uh, Saturday night. Uh, and Ping, you would be able to speak on this too. You guys have both been involved with teams. Uh, I kind of thought that too. I'm like, maybe Daytona and Indy, the conditions were weird. Like when the conditions are ideal, they got it ideal. But when the conditions are weird, these other teams have binders full of notes and past experience. And if yeah. this happens, we'll try it. But do the teams really change? Do the teams that have those notes do they even change that much from week to week? Sometimes some guys yeah. some guys change. I mean, I've had teammates. Me, I like to just kind of keep things the way they are. I'm, I might make a quicker adjustment here than there. Um, obviously, for Daytona, you make adjustment, but maybe you'd add a tooth if it's really sticky and tacky. You know, you change your gearing up a little bit. And those were in the two-stroke. You know, now I don't even think it's that big of an issue, but some guys change every weekend. No, I mean, oh, it's like this. Let's, let's go to this tire. Let's move this around, change this, you know. And they know what they like. After two or three seasons, you start to know, oh, we're on Indy. Okay, if the dirt's the same, we're going to do this. We're going to, you know. Let's, you know, slide the forks down the two. Whatever it is, you know, they'd have their changes figured out that they like. And, they, and you know, they could go to where guys are going, okay, well, swing it. You know, they're learning as they go on that bike. So that's the only thing. Or if there was something physical, maybe he's not feeling well. You said he was cramping up after the race. That's the first I've heard of it. But Yeah, I mean, that, that, that could have been a – Maybe he's back to, like, the stomach cramp issue or something. I don't know. Yeah, it could have been a bull crap excuse or whatever. It's just what I was told, though, by somebody there, mm-hmm. so – you know, they, the, the camera panned to him after the race, and he was, like, hunkered over his bike. Oh, yeah. No, he was worked. looked like he was he hammered. Was, yeah. Something was up. Something was up. Yeah, like maybe sure. he was really hammered. Maybe he did a bunch of shots for the main for some strange reason. <laughs> <laughs> I 
That would explain it. Yeah, no, absolutely. Hey, guys, thanks for listening to the BTOsports.com Racer X podcast show. It's that time. Time for a commercial. Thanks for listening to the BTOsports.com podcast show. Please don't forget that BTO is the world leader in aftermarket motocross parts for the bicar body. You'll find deals like a Shoei VFXW helmet for $309.99, 45% off, or Smith Piston goggles for $32.99, 65% off. Your order can be shipped at anywhere in the USA for free. Or if you're not in the USA, we ship worldwide. Check it out at BTOsports.com. Racing since 1970, O'Neill is the original American MX company supplying fine apparel, protection, and accessories for over four decades. O'Neill is proud to support top racers worldwide, including the Moto Concepts Yamaha Racing Team in the U.S. Supercross and Outdoor National Series. In 2010, O'Neill worked with top racing professionals, including Grant Langston, Tim Ferry, and Ricky Dietrich, in developing its all-new 2011 line. O'Neill's hardware line is the toughest money can buy and has been critically acclaimed for durability, fit, form, and function by Motocross Action Magazine. Hardware pants and jerseys are designed to function while putting you ahead of the pack in fast-forward fashion. When it's time to gear up, check out O'Neill.com or an authorized O'Neill dealer near you. Uh, moving on from those guys, from the big five guys, um... Maybe Ivan Tedesco just isn't that good. <laughs> uh, I, I, he hasn't had a good season. And, man, I'm telling you, he was good before the year. Asked the guys at Cowie. Uh, I saw him ride a bunch before my own eyes. Came out of Anaheim 1 and, you know, raced a bit up front, you know, before falling back a bit. But he just has not been able to get this thing around. And he's 11th in points. And I don't know, man. I just thought he'd be better. Weege? Well, once again, I think I'll have to ask you guys this. Well, paying, paying more so, I guess. But I, I believe that he probably was on it when the year began, and it looked that way at Anaheim. And then I know even then he still wasn't happy. Seems like he really wants it bad and is really kind of like Kennard. He's really taking the results. He, he didn't get seventh at Anaheim 1 and say, hey, in this field, seventh, round one, I'm happy with that. No, he wasn't happy. So if you take that, multiply it times eight or nine rounds, um, man, he's got to be in a funk right now. So I'm not doubting that he was on it at one point, but yeah. when you want it that bad and it doesn't come, then it's probably just compounding itself would be my guess. Yeah, he would love a seventh right now. I guarantee you that. Well, you got nice. to understand, momentum works both ways for these guys. Yeah. You know, you the first few rounds, this is why the first few rounds are real bad indicators of what's going to happen, because for a few rounds, you can, con- you can continue to convince yourself of whatever you want to believe. Like, okay, you know, I'm a podium guy. I'm, I'm going to get a podium. You know, like maybe Ivan was saying that. I can get on the box. And, you know, second weekend didn't go, you know, first one was okay. Okay, I had the speed. I did this. I'm going to work on that. I'm, I'm a podium guy. And then the second weekend, okay, well, uh, that didn't go, you know, but I, I got it. I, I can still get there, you know. And after five, six, seven rounds, you start to, patterns will develop. You know, you kind of are where you are, and it's like you can't lie to yourself anymore. You're like, all right. I have to get in the top ten, you know, like. Yeah. So you just sort of, that's why it's always like a guy like Nick Way who will always gravitate right back to 11th or 12th or wherever he is, you know. Like, they just, you, you build that momentum and you sort of fit into your spot and then that's it. After a while, you can't continue to lie to yourself, you know. You're not going to completely go out and change things all around in right. four days, right. you know, before you leave to the next race. So. 
yeah, I'm sure he's frustrated. I'm sure he's not where he wanted to be. And sometimes, like with Trey, if he's doing the same type of thing where he's letting that, and it's hard. I'm not saying it's easy. Oh, just forget about last weekend. But yeah. if you're dwelling on it and it's eating you up all week long, you know what I mean? You go to the track with this funky mojo and it's, it doesn't work. you got to be able to just somehow put it out of your head and move forward and start trying to make improvements each week to week, even if it's, you know, simple little goals. Mm-hmm. Get inside the top ten again, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Hmm. <clears throat> Look at Ping with the big mental outlook on motocross. Um, Weege. Uh, Wyndham, since he crashed really hard at uh, Houston while leading, has gone twentieth, eighth, seventh, seven, and quiet. Right? Yeah, but you know what? At the, like, I feel like I'm repeating the same story with each one of those guys. Um, I was over at the Geico truck to uh, see if I could uh, chat with Barsha, and then I asked if uh, Kevin was around, and they said, um, I don't know if they said he was either gone or he was somewhere else, but they said he was. Definitely mad after the main event. Like, this is just a recurring theme uh, this year. Uh, it'd be easy to say, well, he's beat up and he's just taking what he can get and he's just trying to ride safe. No, I think it's the same thing. I think he's convinced he's a podium guy or a top-five guy, and a few weeks ago he almost won a race, and getting seventh or eighth quietly, he's pissed off about that too. This is like the whole field feels this way. You don't agree with my, you don't agree with my observations uh, theory then? No, I don't. I don't think he's taking it easy. Right. I think. He wants to be where he was last year, and it's not happening, and he's mad. Right. You know, you gotta you gotta remember, like, and this is I sure I sure I'm not jinxing anything right now, but like everybody's healthy. Yeah. You know, at the halfway point in the season, that usually doesn't happen. Usually, there's two, three, four guys that are out, and that's letting everybody. You know, a guy who's getting seventh is now almost on the podium. Yeah. You well, know, so Brett Metcalf, that's yes. not the case now. Now you're you're still back in eighth, and eighth sucks for those guys who all believe they can win. You know, eighth is not good. It sucks that we, in the media, are wondering what's up with you when you get eighth, and the fans are like, basically, forget it. You get yeah, no coverage. You, you get yeah. no coverage if you're an eighth. This and, guy sucks in right. eighth, man. Yeah. Jeez. Right. And, yeah, I'm tearing down my Wyndham jersey on my wall. <laughs> yeah, like, it. and how hard is it to get eighth in a 450 main event? Like, <laughs> Right now, yeah, right. it's gnarly. Right. I know. You're eighth best in the world, essentially, what you do. <clears throat> Where, like, on any given night in the NBA, there might not even be one of the top eight players in that game. Yeah. Hey, I, I don't know if either of you guys want to touch this right now, but I heard a story. I want to know if either of you guys saw Wyndham in the airport Sunday morning. No. 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 All right. Mm. All right. I'm going to leave it alone. Then. Never mind. Oh, man. <laughs> the, the message board just blew up now. Yeah. I'm just curious. Did, why, did, he have a, did, did he have a bunch of uh, beads on and, like, some lays and stuff? Just heard he hadn't been to bed yet. Oh. Okay. So. Well, yeah, who knows? Um, that's hearsay. Total hearsay. Yeah, TM. Oh. Right. Um, Nick Way got his best re- reside, re- Nick Way got his best result of the year, so that's good for him. Uh, I like NYK, even if nobody else does. I like him. And um, now he seemed happy. He was happy. He, he was one. He was happy there we go. Safe. There's one guy that was very one guy happy. Was happy in the top ten. <laughs> you're, you're right. No, you're that's right. not true. Cole Sealy was probably pretty happy. Oh, that's true. That's a good point. <laughs> yeah, I lost twenty bucks on Sealy. Why? What'd you say? Ah, I said outside the top ten. Mm. Because one of the Honda guys who shall not be named told me, I don't think he has the endurance quite yet. But he's fast at the track. But I don't think he's when, once he gets racing speed and 
in with all these guys. He, he may not have the endurance. So I was like, ah. So I took that bet. I lost 20 bucks. <laughs> well, his agent wanted me to let everyone know that um, hold on, iPhone hold on. 4 Cole Seeley number 36 cases are available at ColeSeeley.com. I know you guys have that locked in and bookmarked. Maybe your homepage. Ping, did Wait, you what's available? Before? You can get a iPhone for only for iPhone 4. You can get a case with Cole Seeley 36 and Honda Red. Mm. Just one of the many great items that are headed your way at the shop on ColeSeeley.com. So all you fans out there. Weege, I got to find out, how much of that interview with his agent did you make up? Dude, very little had to be taken out, and zero was made up. Ping's worked with the guy. That's a real person. Those are real words. Oh, no, oh, no that's, that's Brian Segrist for did he, you. Did he say... Quote, anyone can go get Oakley and Red Bull. He, he said a, duh, a two-year-old can do that. He also said the stars, the sun, and the moon aligned, and then we had Cole Seeley. I feel like you made that up. No, I, I no. Feel I, mean, like, I, I, I feel like I you're trying to – Turn my computer right down and play. <laughs> you're trying to dupe the, uh, the Racer X readers yeah. into something. And better yet, I get the call from Segrist the day after we post the interview, and I'm like, here we go. He realized he went too far. He's going to be like, could you pull this down? Nope. Hey, man, awesome. <laughs> <laughs> no, no regrets whatsoever. Uh, I don't know. I want to meet – I don't know if I want to meet this you know, guy. I feel like let, I, let me – I've had to deal with him a lot, so I'm just going to say Brian is super like um, – ah. Agenty, you know, like very go get them. Like I don't know, little used car salesman in with the thing, and you know, kind of mushed up into one. But he's a good guy, and he really genuinely does like, maybe even love Cole Seeley. So uh-huh. you know, you can't be too hard on him. He, he's 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 not like out to just make money off Cole. He genuinely really likes the kid. I'm just he really wants to help him. So. I'm not saying, yeah. I mean, I'm not saying he's not a good. I'm just. I thought Weege made some of those quotes up. I seriously thought he made. No, that. negative. That was that was for sure. Yeah. I, I I'll back Weege up on that 100. <laughs> right, right. One thing I will say, he doesn't do, which other agents do, that is even worse. As pumped as he is on Cole, he never gets completely unrealistic about results. Like he didn't say he was going to podium. He said he was hoping for top ten, which apparently is very realistic because that's what he did. Right. There are definitely other agents who will tell you ridiculous things about the results that their rider should be getting or will be getting. He, he right. does a good job of picking his spots. When Cole wins, he's pumped. But think, think, know, he didn't go out there and say he was going to podium this week. Things like there is, only, there, there is only one rider in this field that is scared of my guy. Things like that. Yes, right. yes. Right. There are other agents of other riders who like to boast, maybe unrealistically, about the potential of their guy. Right. I, I just, okay. All right. We'll move to the on. point where they're not even on a team right now. Just, sorry. We'll move on. We'll move on from there. But uh, uh, yeah, I, I just had to clarify that. Uh, Seeley rode good. Hey, ninth place, good, good ride, right? Ping, you for your very first four fifty race, that is really good. Right, really, really good. Yep, you know the dude. So, um, yep. I imagine if you went up and said, "Hey, how'd you feel?" He probably was like, "Oh yeah, I'm okay. I'm good." Well, and he's another one who, man, who knows what he could do uh, if you guys start because in his heat and the main, I would say he was 18th or 19th both times. Yeah, I know. I know for the heat, he definitely uh, came from the back. Um, yeah, it was the same same thing in the main. So if he could start, you know, if he could somehow squeeze out a start in one of these next couple races, I don't know, man. I'd be curious to see how he does. Here's the weekly uh, 
Here's the weekly update on the JGRMX guys presented by Jason Wygant. Um, oh, boy. Weech, can you tell us uh, what happened with your North Carolina neighbors? Well, I'm very upset because we've now run pretty much all the way through the top ten and somehow not even mentioned was who was right in the middle. <laughs> right in the middle of the top ten. That's an excellent point. How? how? <laughs> um, I, I don't believe we've ever covered this before. But I'm just saying that for some reason, you guys just don't seem to talk about Justin Brayton. I don't, I don't think we've ever mentioned that on this show. But I, I'm thinking we should start calling him Realtree because it's almost like he rides a camouflage. No one notices. That's a good one. <laughs> good one. He should get quietly Real put tree. in the back of his pants. I love it. Yeah. It's a good company, too. I know all about them. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, yeah. Use their, use their products all the time. Uh, no, Dude, he got fifth, but again, yeah. just... I think. Did you even know he got fifth, or did we get? Conf- I think we got confused at one point. Like it was, it's bizarre how this works with the guy. I wish that JGR would change their number font because when you're eight miles up in the press box, it's you can't very, tell. very nope. hard to tell which guy is which. Ten and eighteen, same gear, same bikes. Zero, zero and an eight from the seventh floor of the stadium is very slight. Thank you. Yeah, but uh, I've, I've sounded like an idiot many times. But no, come on, you you pick out the one guy that looks like a. You know, a silverback gorilla riding a tricycle. <laughs> no steps. Yeah, that's true. I have, I have, Come looked, on. I have looked at their you can bodies. You see that from another stadium away. Yeah, I have looked at their bodies before to see if I could tell it. And you're right, you you can by, by a little bit. But it, it's, looked it's, at their bodies. Yeah, if you look at their bodies, I mean, unless he's got a great ass. But I mean, oops. <laughs> um, no. Did I say that out loud? <laughs> yeah, oops. Uh, uh, Millsap stalled his bike uh, last lap and uh, got passed by Michael Lessey, which had to make him very happy. Yeah. I'm sure yeah. if there's anybody out there. <laughs> Mike, uh, Michael Lessey matched his season high 10th. He's gotten that three times so far this year. So take that for what it's worth. Uh, Matt Bonney, two twelfths in a row. So finally starting to come around maybe a little bit on Bonney's end. Byrne has got his best result of the year. Although I I thought he'd be a little better, but I guess it takes time. And um, you know, Blos and Tedesco both uh, pulled out, so bad night for Hunter Huntington. Oh, um, Tedesco crashed twice. Uh, it, no, just once, it, just that once, and that's what pulled him out. He hit the plywood. Oh, okay, I see. I couldn't re- I couldn't recall how that. Um, I got an email from somebody paying. Maybe you can help us out. Um, I got an email from somebody that said, Mathis, are you serious? They were down to the plywood. Guy couldn't believe it because I, I either tweeted it or something or wrote it or something and um, talked about it. Who knows? I never can keep track of all this. But uh, n- not a not a rare coincidence, right? Not a rare no, – right. not a rare occurrence. Happens, happens a lot. Happens all the time. You, right. you think if you're spreading out all this dirt across this floor, how do you how do you gauge in the center of this what the depth is? You know what I mean? Yeah, so yeah. as they're building jumps and maybe they're scraping a little dirt here and there, I mean, you, you get down to where it's – only a foot of dirt or less. Yeah, yeah. No. So you know you've seen ruts that are eight, twelve inches deep, and you're down to plywood. Yeah, no, exactly. And and uh, I I knew that also, but uh, just for the people listening and wondering yeah. if that's true, do you have a plywood experience story? Do you have a plywood story? Oh, uh, no, no, nothing. You know, fantastical. Right, just, right. Yeah, plenty of times you you get into a rut and you you know you're just you're, spinning. You, it's kind of like you slide to the edge of it. It's weird. So it's really really slippery. Tires looking for any sort of traction it can get. Yeah, and it can really screw you up too if the if it's like um, like where you a lot of times it happens where you hook onto the start. You know, they'll get a deep little rut there, and if the edge of the rut blows out to where it's just plywood and then kind of not really a good berm after it, guys will crash left and right. You know, because mm-hmm. you just 
you hit it, and it's like ice. Your tires. Yeah. You watch guys that go off the track and get on the plywood or the plastic, and you'll see them out there like Dorothy Hamill. Um, another thing, Pirouette. too. Another thing, uh, yeah, that's a dated reference. We don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, doing, doing triple Bill luxes. Photos, uh, Bill Poe's crash yeah. in St. Louis last year was, was plywood-induced because the Nancy Kerrigan? landing, he had to move to avoid the plywood, right? And then it put him into another. I don't know. Um, I thought it was either, I can't remember. He either hit plywood in the transition and spun, and that's why he came up short. Or he, to avoid the plywood, moved to the right where he had not jumped all night, and that caused him to, to come up short. But either way, I mean, there's plywood showing in, in the transition of a jump, which just, like they were landing on that thing, what, hundreds of laps throughout a day. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, and then I thought, too, uh, his goggle lens popped out or something, too. I don't know. That's why he took uh, Dungey out. I think that was the reason for that. Was that the reason? I had to get in front of him one way or another. <laughs> Tom, no, that's supposedly what the deal was. Yeah, I know, I know. I'm aware. Hey, one thing, too, before we move to the 250 class, uh, um, and another thing to think about, Tedesco was the first guy to bust out that 3-3 and was feeling it. Um, yeah. I went down to the pits to talk to him, and he um, he had this app on his phone where you put your face onto all these old black-and-white photos of people with afros and, and 50s hairdos and and all these weird-looking people, and then they, like, Photoshop your face into it. So we had, like, Kenny's and himself and Will Hahn, and uh, I couldn't get a word in with him because he was just laughing hysterically at this thing. So that's that's what riders are doing before the before the night show, folks. Before? Yeah. The, after, did he take the phone and throw it against the wall? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But uh, anyway, it's good to see him do that. Good to see him bust out a rhythm before anybody else, which is cool, you know. But um, anyways, uh, 250 class, I think it was cool that Sipes won. He's been right there. He's been fast. We've seen it in practices and in heat races and uh, uh, about time to think, about f- time for him to win. Although um, some people might say, you know, Baggett crashed, and that's why Sipes won. But but Weege, I wrote, and it's my opinion, that he was pressuring Baggett hard, and I think he was going to the front. Yeah, even uh, Baggett uh, even said that uh, in his interviews that, uh, you know, he was bummed at himself because he had the pressure on and he let it get to him. So there's no doubt that, you know, it wasn't just luck. It wasn't – that was not a gift. Right. Yes. Yeah. Um, and Ping, uh, there was a lot of people happy to see Sipes win in the pits and in the industry. Uh, were you or were you simmering on your couch mad that Sipes won? No, I, I love Ryan. I, I was I was really close last year, last summer, to hiring him. Um to the Troy Lee Designs team, and uh, it was kind of between him and Baker, and he wanted a lot of money. Travis was really cheap, and we were trying to sort of keep Ben at the time, so I had money set aside for that. So I kind of we went the route of keeping Travis, and then we were going to try to keep Ben. And um, and it was it was tough because I, I love he is like seriously that is one of the nicest dudes in the pits. Yeah, such a good guy. Right, and um, crazy fast. You know, he's so fast. He just you know, it was something we talked a lot about. I was like, man, he's just never, like, gotten it done. Why? You know, after six years, how how come he hasn't won one yet, you know? Right, right. And I hope that this oh, floodgate for him, you know, like. Can he win? That monkey can he win back. this title? Can he win the title? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah, for sure he can. Yeah, he's got more experience than any of those guys. If, if he can turn that win into, like, now sort of another level of confidence, mm-hmm. which, I, I mean, it's. I promise you, it, it does. You know, I've I've told this story a hundred times. After I won my first race, I went back to the Cowie track the next Monday, and was like almost two full seconds a lap faster than I'd ever gone at the Cowie track. 
mm-hmm. for no reason other than I just won and I was, you know, I was badass. Shoulders are back, chest out. Right. You right. know, Andy Boyer style. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no. Yeah, so if he can, like, if he can do that, just, you know, now he, he know, I don't know. It, it does something to you mentally, and all of a sudden, you know how mental this game is. All of a sudden, you're a new guy. Yeah. And I really, really hope for him that happens because I'd love to see that kid win more races. He's just an awesome dude. It's funny because you look at Wilson, Dean Wilson, Justin Barsha, Blake Baggett, and they are all faster than Ryan Sipes, without a doubt. Because they're the newcomers and they're the kids and they're gonna they're gonna you know win this thing, but then strangely enough, who's on top of the board? Who is going circulating the track in the fastest time? And it's the old guy, Ryan Sipes, right, Weech? Yeah. I mean, it doesn't make sense. He shouldn't beat these kids. Yeah. Oh, I see what you mean. When it comes to qualifying and who should just be able to throw down a crazy lap, right? But the, it's, the kids, right? It's teenagers. the kids. It's the kids. Yeah, that yeah are, right. And, and then it's the old man. I t- literally, you know, not literally, but it's the old guy in Sipes that uh, that is uh, has proven that he's the fastest in practice many, many times. And he's and also proven time. he's also proven that he can ride a four fifty hours. So if he can sort of parlay that win into some really good results and even contend for this title, he's going to set himself up good for the next couple of years here because he would be a great pickup. Yeah, for any four fifty team, you know, well, that, that guy's fast outdoors on a big bike, you and you know. Supercross as well. All right, Ping, we got it. You like Sipes. Okay, calm down. Uh, Sorry. Let, let Weege talk. Um, Weege, what do you think? Oh, well, I was thinking on the flip side of him getting the momentum. I feel like with him, the, the only goal here was to win a race. That was, you know, it was like the career thing hanging over him. Right. Um, I think now that he's got that, I don't think that anything's going to affect him. He's done it. I don't think that the points are going to be a big issue for him. I think for these other guys, Barsha's off the hook because he probably feels like, well, I haven't been able to ride my best because I'm hurt. So he's been able to, like, pretend that that championship pressure isn't there. But I think for the two Cowie guys, this is what often happens in the lights class. It's the first time you've ever gone through this experience. I think it's the first. I think it's what happened to Tickle a little bit out west. Like, wow, a championship is right there if I can go get it. I've never really been in this position before. And sometimes it takes a year or two to get over that hump. And I think that's where Wilson and Baggett are. Barsha would be there, but luckily he's been able to pretend that he's hurt, so it's, there's less pressure on him. So I wouldn't be surprised if Sipes, who probably wouldn't even care about any of that at this point, he's already accomplished what he's out to accomplish. Right. I think he could take advantage. I mean, you could see that Baggett and Wilson, once they got their wins, I expected to see them get in a roll, and instead it did the opposite. It put, <laughs> put a little heat on them, and none of these guys have ever been in that position before. They've never raced for a title. Yeah, uh, but but but, in, but on that on that note, neither has Ryan. I don't think he's ever been really in a championship chase, so it's going to be nope. tense for all of them. But he does have more experience. I, I will say, I talked to Bones at Pro Circuit on Monday night. You know, and they do a big uh, like a team deal at the shop, and they watch the videotape with each guy, and um, they were really on. I, I guess Dean got a huge thrashing. Like Bones said, the Mitch of '95 came back out, and uh, <laughs> well, he let Wilson oh have it. Called him a like a, a punk ass kid, I just something like that, you know, like really, really let him have it. Yeah. So, um, okay. ever since then, he's been good. He's, you know, he's like working hard. I think that kind of was a wake up call to him because he's really unraveled the last couple rounds. He has. No, um, I, I have him on the list here to talk about shortly. Can, can but we... they're watching, they're watching a uh, tape of Baggett and he looks back at Sipes. They said 10 and a half times. <laughs> so, both only 10 and a half times he looked over his shoulder back to see who was behind him and what was going on. Oh, wow. And he goes, at Daytona, he never looked back once. He got the whole shot, and he just did his own thing. 
so um, they were really, really concerned with Ryan Sipes. They said, man, we've, we've let this guy get some momentum going now, and, you know, he's, he's been really, really fast. Mm-hmm. He just hasn't capitalized. He goes, now that we've let him do that, he goes, you know, you could tell someone was like, who's concerned about what might happen with Sipes in the next four weeks? Ping, you need to call Wilson ASAP and talk him down. Wilson? Yeah, because you, you've been there. You know, I like Dino, but... <laughs> no, but if he got yelled at by Mitch in 95 style, you're like, oh, right. you're like listen, dude, <laughs> uh, it's okay. Right in there. Yeah. <laughs> um, he just does it because he loves you, man. Yeah, yeah he's going to ship you tennis shoes just out of the blue. He's going to ship every member of his team tennis shoes, <laughs> uh, which Nick thought was awesome. You know, I would. I like Dean. I think he's a good kid. Do you think... But- do you think his mechanic is a tool? So on their own, for me, <laughs> no help here. Um, <laughs> I like his mechanic. Nah. All right. Nah. I don't. <laughs> nah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you think do you, do you paying you're more hooked in than than either one of us as far as that area of stuff? Do you think Dean some of that stuff went to Dean's head a little bit? Do you know anything or or? I, mean, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I, I mean, Dean always seems really down to earth anytime I talk to him. Right. But you know, to me, he just has a the, doing the monster dirt shark videos, and yeah. he was the next. He was, I mean, really, it was either him or Barsha expected to win this championship, just yeah, absolutely. hands down. No, absolutely. they were the two fastest guys, period. And I feel like dirt shark. If, 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 if I'm putting, if I'm putting money on a guy to win, I don't think it's either one of those guys. I'm telling you, Baggett or Sykes wins that championship. Wow. Okay. I think out west, it's the same thing. Like, you know, the guys were Hanny, Morris, Tickle. They were expected to win. And on, you know, and obviously he got hurt. It's not his fault. But I don't know, dude. I'm telling you, I still you like Tomac. To, yeah, you, you, you're on the Tomac train out west. Totally um, am, yeah. Um, dirt Shark. <laughs> How many times can can you just see, like, monster girls say that into the camera and be like, oh, God, oh, okay, here it comes, here it comes. Surprisingly, a lot, a lot. <laughs> Guys don't get sick of that. Yeah, I guess. I guess that's maybe I'm gay. Maybe I just don't like girls. I don't know. Because um, I watch it, I'm like, God, this again, and I just stare. Oh man, more monster girls. Uh, like jaw open. <laughs> You're like, I'm so sick of this. Oh, wait a second. Um, uh, but uh, no, uh, I think with to me watching Wilson, he hasn't got a starts. Hey, Weech? I mean, he just hasn't done it. No, and. I don't know what's the uh, what's the illness here. Right. Um, he's either not getting starts and then it's making him panic and make mistakes, or he's, or yeah. he's not getting starts because he's already in a panic. You, you know what I mean? Like we were saying, how mental mm-hmm. it is there. And I'm, I'm, you know, it's the same thing with Tickle. Like it was, it was there for the taking mm-hmm. uh, when Hanny got hurt, and it was like all of a sudden he rode worse. And I, it was almost the same thing with Wilson. And those starts, it's a very mental thing as we've already gone over. So I wouldn't be surprised if this all happened. Um, in one fell swoop. It's not a coincidence. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Jeff Stanton's going to be working with Barsha, it sounds like. So that should be an interesting combination. See, I think Barsha can avoid Barsha can avoid the, the pressure situation because he's able to say, oh, I'm just riding hurt. I'm just trying to get what I get. You right. know, I'm not 100%. Right. So it's a little easier to take the, the heat off for himself. Right. And for all I know, he just doesn't care because we all know how the guy is. Yeah, right now, though, big gap with those first four guys, right? Oh wait, I'm gonna check the points. Oh, yeah. Anybody else? Well, Dino. Nah. Well, Dino has. Dino's like what, sixteen out? It's like sixteen, twelve, six. 
you know, the points yeah, get. Dean is uh, uh, 16 out. Correct. Good job, Ping. Right. 16 yeah. out. Um, and Wharton is in fifth, uh, 10 back of Dean. So there is a bit of a gap there. Dean knows a lot. I mean, you're going to make up 16 points on all three of those guys. Like, mm. Yeah, good point. That's a, long, that's a long shot for sure. I think he's, like, pretty much crashed himself out of this title. I, I think all it right. comes down to um, Marsha, Baggett, or Sipes. And, and and if you had to go ping, you're picking Sipes? No, I'm, I don't know. I Baggett, Baggett or Sipes. Okay. If, look at all the whole shots Baggett's getting. The kid weighs, like, 120 pounds or something. It's yeah. ridiculous. Got no hair. How do you not pull a whole shot on that bike weighing that amount? Like, you're going to. And so – he can just stop looking back and focus on what he's doing. You know, he's he's in a pretty good position. Even if Barsha's wrist is just okay, it's not 100%, you know? Yeah. No, it's going to take him off his game a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. I was really surprised that Barsha didn't do something silly to Sipes on that last lap, huh, Weege? He tried, dude. Hold. He took, like, three runs at him where he was going, ah, should I break his leg and pop my whole front wheel off or no? And he just checked up at the last minute. Right, yeah. <laughs> exactly. I was, I was waiting for it. I was like, oh, shit, here it comes. Yeah, I know. I... What about, I mean, I'll just be straight, straight up honest. I got Mookie fever. Man, is there a cure? Dude, no, the only cure is more Mookie. Oh, all right. Um, No, I'm telling you, Mookie makes the podium very shortly here. That kid is good. Oh. I'm blown away. Like I, I just, I did never heard he was that good. And watching him, man, he's got skills. I'm impressed. Yeah, too. I, I, I feel the same way. And last week, where I said, "Can he hit his marks for 15 laps?" I don't think he'd hit any marks on any lap at any point. And all of a sudden, he got fourth. And yeah. it was, I didn't even realize he got fourth last of the race. It was that kind of race, like the exact opposite of what you would think. Yeah, I uh, think he would the, have. I think for the first time all year, he did not crash in either heat or the main. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's impressive. Dude, he's good. He is. Bike looks he good, looks too. I always thought that bike wasn't on par, but it looks pretty good. I mean, it's probably not on par. What I, is it's a Who does it? I mean, who's doing those? I think Mitch is. Mitch is. Oh, is he? Yeah, I believe so. So. Yeah, but it's not. I mean, it can't be even close to what, like, say, no. the Rockstar team has, right? Yeah, I don't think – I wouldn't think it's got, uh, you know, works wheels or trannies or anything like that. I could be wrong. Yeah. Thing. What do you yeah, mean? but Mitch did. Mitch did all the uh, rock star bikes last year. I don't think it's slow. Like that's what Hewitt's riding, and I, I think those bikes are probably pretty good. They're, they may not. They might be a tick off of what the rock star team is using now because those are actually factory bikes. Yeah, but the, but the the one thing with that ping is that the rock star team last year rode O nines, and 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 the twenty twenty ten is brand new. And the 2011 is, you know, replica of the 2010. So I doubt Mitch has much experience with the EFI model RMZ. That just usually doesn't stop Mitch, though, from making a good bike. He, he knows what a bike needs to be. And I promise you, he's got that thing competitive. No one said it wasn't competitive. Calm down. Yeah. No, one said no that. I'm just telling you, that's what he does. He'll, he can take any bike and get you to 40 horsepower, whatever he wants you to be at. And then he'll make his 46. But... <laughs> <laughs> <no>. <laughs> He'll <laughs> be like, don't worry, I got a solid 42 for you. That's the best we could do unless you, you ride for I'm, our team. You think I'm joking. Like, No, no This is not. literally how it goes. Mitch goes, all right, there you go. Now that, you, could, you could podium with that. No, the fact that you Geico get, runs You can get second with that. That's what Mitch is after. Okay, yeah, you can get second on that behind Okay, us. the fact that we all know, anybody who spent any time with Mitch knows he's the most competitive human being out there. 
And the fact that his main competitor <laughs> lets him do the motors. And so, I mean, Kibby goes in there at Geico team and does his stuff, but the fact that they use Pro Circuit is just is blowing me away a lot over the years. I, I can't because believe it. Because where do you – there's nowhere else you can go and get as good as what Mitch will give you, even even if he's short-selling you on what he could really do. I he's disagree. really buckled I, down. I disagree with that. Okay. Well, then why? Why do they go there? I don't know. I don't know. Because I'm telling you, you can't get better stuff else. You, you can't get a 16 to one piston anywhere else, but but the 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 one that Mitch throws his name on. It's not. It's not just the piston. You can't get. Man. It, you can't get it's, a it's cam. So many that, other little things. No. No. I disagree. It's valves, cams, pistons. Yeah, Del West. Del West makes exhaust. great valves. Ignitions. Uh, Get makes great ignitions. Uh, exhaust can be made to whatever you want it to be. Whatever All company. Right, no. All right. Just, just show me. Just tell me why then. Why does everyone go there? I don't know. <laughs> Get Bill's pipe. <laughs> round and round we go, Bill. Jack. Because <laughs> they want to have the most competitive bike, they, and that's where they get it. I'm just saying, many people can make the parts that are very well. Also, the bikes are not a sum of the parts, though. Not at that level. You know, they're not just bolting stuff on and going for it. You know what I mean? Like these are, you bolt seven components on and then you dyno test it or take it to the test track to figure out if we do this to this and do this to this, you know, this cam with this exhaust. But if we change this part of the exhaust and use this cam, like, you know, they don't just bolt up eight parts and go for it. I know, but I'm just saying it it just blows me away that Geico does it. I mean, they're tooth and nail. Some of those people on the two teams don't even like each other. I do agree that it's, when they're the target Weird. that you would think, hmm, we might have to try another way. Thank you. Thank you. Well, sure. they've, they've discussed it. I know. I mean, no, they have. Every year it comes up. Let's do it in-house. Let's just do our own stuff. You know, let's figure out how. But and like moss to a flame. <laughs> well, you know, you start to consider the cost. Okay, if we go and have this guy, you know, start yeah. developing stuff or build our stuff here, just the cost versus time spent developing it and actual performance at the end of the day and reliability Mitch's stuff is proven. Dude, it, anybody, oh. can, anybody can get pro circuit. That's a two-year-old can do that. It's low-hanging fruit. <laughs> We're going to go for I, – I got, I got Apple as a main sponsor, but we can't use any – we can't put Apple on anything we have. But trust me, they're a sponsor. Chipotle. Did you guys get that, Chipotle? Chipotle. <laughs> they're, they're on board. Hey, I- the big I laughed spot. at that a little bit. Thank you. Chipotle, Thank you. man, they love it. They, they take good care of it, man. They give them all kinds of food and stuff. Yeah. But, <laughs> right. but we can't do anything for them. But we can't run anything for them. It's a total top-secret operation. It's one of those things where the company does not want to know that we support Cole Sealy. But, yo, all the burrito bowls you can take down. I, I feel like Cole's mom <laughs> may be friends with a local manager at a Chipotle down the street. <laughs> and this is where the deal comes through. Am I, am I wrong? <laughs> Am I wrong? Could I be wrong, Ping? Uh, yeah, I'm, I, I, I'm not going to comment, really. All right. Not at all. I'm just going to say burrito bowls, all you can eat. <laughs> that does sound fun when you say that. Um, uh, say it again. Burrito bowls, all you can eat. Take care of us. Uh, Blake Wharton. Should Blake Wharton be doing better? God, I barely notice him out there. Anyone? Yeah, I I'm bummed for the guy because I think he could be or should be or maybe you just want him to be because it seems like he tries and he's cool and he's a good guy and he's on a good team. Yeah. I don't know. Like, Six. I want him to do better, but yeah. does that mean that he's underachieving? I don't know. Six four four seven in four races. 
Could have won Atlanta, though. Should have had a win, yeah, for sure. Yeah, probably. But, yep. but even then, you're six four one seven. Like that's still not amazing. Yeah. That, then that makes that Atlanta ride more of a. He had a start. He was all pumped up from the LCQ. You know that it would be obvious. And that even if he had gotten that win, that's not the true indicator. Um, if you if you're not even getting podiums beyond that, it's hard, man. He's kind of like stuck in that that spot where he's. You know, he's not with the lead group usually, but he's the next guy. Yeah. Yep. So it's like he's just good enough to kind of keep hanging on to a ride because they go, ah, oh, man, he's right there. But he's got to deliver on it here soon. He's you know? uh, he's uh, 13 points ahead of Mookie. Mookie's coming, though. Oh. Hey, Ping, the guys say all the time, you know, when you get a win or a good result, you know, that makes it so much easier to wake up and go for a bicycle ride in the morning. So what does it do for Wharton, where, what he's getting? Where does his motivation uh, go up or down? I mean, to me it would be a – Bit of a downer. Yeah, I mean, he starts to do that stuff out of desperation after a while. Like he's, I think he's got to be realizing, okay, I gotta, I gotta get some results, or, you know, <laughs> something that sucks about this industry is you are literally only as good as your last race. Yeah, yeah. You know, really, that's it. So he's seventh or whatever he is. That's it. that's where he's at right now. Yeah. It's like at the end of the year, he's got to have some results logged up where people go, you know what? I think Wharton could still do it, you know. And, or he's going to drop down to one of those teams, like a Suzuki yeah. City or whatever. No, no, yeah. not bag it on them. They're just not as strong as, you know. When you're on a Geico or Pro Circuit or whatever, you're expected to be. you got to be on the box. You've got to be putting it on the box at least a handful of times. Yeah. Or, um, you, or you, you know, you're definitely not doing what you should have done. You want to talk about a guy that needs results. Nico Easy. He's been um, fast. Of course, he's hosting. What's happening? I, they don't even show him on TV. Yeah, he's, he's just crashing. Just whatever. Yeah. Uh, he is hosting an after party this weekend, which should go over well with many people who may want to hire him. Um, but uh, uh, not, not. He's been fast, huh, Weech? You're crazy fast, right? Like, yeah. Uh, the forty, forty-two, right? Yeah. He just pops up on the board all the time. He was doing some gnarly stuff in Daytona, uh, jump wise and lap time wise. I mean. I don't know, but it's it's like two or three good laps a weekend total. Yeah, and it's too bad that kid is really, really talented. I think he's <clears throat> I think he's finally kind of straightened his life out a little bit, but he is on the brink of becoming a precautionary tale for young kids coming in. Yeah, yep. What, First yep. couple of years he was partying it up, spending money, and now he's like one injury later, you're jobless, you're broke. Yeah, baby. Yeah. yeah, your whole not, your, your whole life changes at Jacksonville. You're in third, last lap. You're gonna get a podium. You're on a factory Suzuki. You break your heel, and your whole life yeah. changes. Flash forward one year, and you're living under a bridge, wearing Kleenex boxes for shoes. <laughs> um, do you think? Do you think he did party a lot and spent a lot of money? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, you hear that, but I, I don't know the kid. No, anymore. no, like, it, yeah. I'm positive. I'm positive that one time I called him for two tribes, and I'm positive he was on Quaaludes. Well, I I have a good friend who I'm not going to say his name, but who went to a birthday party at Morongo. This Indian, you know, you heard of that Indian casino out here, Morongo. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. And Izzy was there with a couple of his buddies, the guys he was hanging out back then. This was a couple years ago, so in his, you know, 
bottom washout time and they were like drinking, smoking cigarettes. He bought a brand new Rolex for his birthday. It was his birthday party. Oh. Driving an Escalade. The dude was just like shaking his head. My buddy's going, wow. Yeah. Yeah. So. And this was, this was while he was trying to come back from that injury. And like, you just, you just think you'd be, you know, right. not the time to be. I feel like, partying up. I feel like Ping, you could maybe make a living as a, maybe a life coach to some guys. No trainer, no no riding, you know, just a bunch of dudes under your wing. You're like, and, and like, what happens just, is... Just like, call it like a, a head extrication special. I don't know. Like, they have this thing in the NFL. <laughs> if you're an NFL player, you get a business card at the beginning of the year. And it's got, hey, it doesn't seem to be working. But it, it, it has like, hey, if you're drunk, call this number. If you're in trouble, call this number. Like, literally, no, no, no. It, it, it is league-mandated people that will help you out of whatever you need to do. And, and I feel like maybe you could have a card ping with just ping and then your number. Like, whenever – like, there's a Chris Rock bit about there's nothing good to come out of taking money out at ATM at 3 in the morning. Like, <laughs> not, nothing can ever be good if you're taking ATM money out at 3 in the morning. And ping, if mid-season you're about to light up a Marlboro, call this number. <laughs> I'm just saying, Ping, you could go around to these young guys, Stroop, Izzy, whoever, and be like, here's like my card. Like the wolf in Pulp Fiction, I will be there. <laughs> yeah, but the thing is, I, I tried doing that, and these guys don't – they have to hit bottom on their own. They, they won't listen to you. I told Hanny way back when he signed the KTM deal, I'm like, okay, dude, like, wow, you just signed a million-and-a-half-dollar deal. Do you even realize in, the next, in three years where you could be? Even if, even if your seasons are mediocre at best, mm-hmm. if, you can, if you can put all that money in just somewhere safe, get a house, buy a modest truck, that, you know, and just drive that, don't, don't go superstar on me, you could have a, a nut in the bank, dude, like really be set up good down the road. And that's if, you, and that's if your career bombs out after that. Like, right. you know, <laughs> yeah, dude, but you're like older and stuff. I'm young. I want to have fun. That's what he told me, verbatim. <laughs> I picture him Ping is saying these words. This is what Handy's hearing. With all that money, you could get girls, you can go partying, you can get a big truck. It's like That's P- what he Ping's, mouth, Ping's mouth is moving, but those words are coming out of it. He just picture him Puff Daddy on a boat, you know. <laughs> well, I'd like to see what you should do, Ping, is get, those, get a bunch of those cards and, with, and some clear shipping tape, tape them to the visor of the truck, tape them to the wallet, tape them to the bathroom, like to the bathroom mirror. Like just tape your card. Anywhere these dudes go, like go to the Hollywood clubs, tape your, go to Morongo, tape your card up. Thinking of buying a Bentley, call Ping. <laughs> I feel like there's a career you, for you. Like, are you going home with a stripper with leather pants right now? Call Ping. <laughs> Bad idea. Do you want to buy that Rolex that tells time as good as the fossil? Call Ping. Yeah. <laughs> Save yourself $4,995. Call Ping. Right? You could be like the wolf in Pulp Fiction. Just yeah. a fixer. Yeah. Because, you, well, it, I mean, you like, okay, like tubby dudes like me and Wygant, nobody listens to us. We're the, we're the evil media, you know what I mean, all that. But you've lived there, Ping. You've been there. Even as a mechanic, nobody's going to listen to me. I mean, let's face it, mechanics are right above flagmen. You've been there, hey. though. You've won. Sorry, sorry, Weech. You've been there. You've won races. You know, like you've been on pro circuit, you know. Like, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm just telling you, they still don't really listen. So Right. Uh, it's the old you know. story. Yeah. Well, and then the, NF, the whole thing about the NFL, the whole premise of this was the NFL, and that's not working either because they can't seem to go no. more than 30 days without somebody being arrested for something. And, and in their defense, 
I was that kid at 19. Ron right, Schmitz, right, right. dating some chick. I shouldn't have been dating. Randy Lawrence was trying to pull my head out. Yeah. Well, dude, that's don't do that. This is a huge mistake. I promise you. Oh man, no, I got it, bro. And I wasn't making enough money. I got this. Yeah, you were making to where third, I could go making, buy all the junk, but I yeah. still got distracted and, and basically wasted a year of my life. Yeah, you're making thirty grand. Yeah. No, twenty. My first year with me, it's twenty-five thousand bucks. Right. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So yeah, a little difference there. But uh, I don't know, man. Yeah. Well, then what happened to RL if he's trying to pull your head out? What What has happened to RL? Well, he, he He snapped. He was like over it, and that's when he quit being a mechanic. He's like, you, you know, he thinks me out because he. Started racing mountain bikes professionally after that. Well, and then Paul off and went on a world tour racing mountain bikes. But he's like, I, he, I frustrated him so bad that he quit. You drove him from the sport. I drove him out of the sport. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, I was thinking more. We laugh long, about it now. I was thinking more along the lines of what happened to RL then, like post Jeremy. Like, oh, that was another. That was after he'd come back. That was a story. I had nothing to do with that. But no, I know. But I'm saying like he was the wise one, he, and then he fell for all the clutches. He fell yeah, into all the clutches right. of, yeah. you know, because yeah. with, yeah, with no, nobody's nobody's immune to it, man. I mean, you know? Yeah. Hold on a second. I gotta I gotta do this line right now. I guess. Oh, <laughs> nobody's immune. Just a little bump, you know. <laughs> uh, it's a long show. Hey, here's something about Nico Izzy. I remember uh, when he was say 12 at Loretta's. Um, he was such a training machine. Yes, Nico is the same guy that. We could not track him down for an interview at all when we were doing the um, the, the uh, MX Sports Center video shows we do with DMXS. So as a joke, David Iser inter- found him running, like between like he had two motors in a day, and like between them he went for a jog in like the 140 degree temperatures at Loretta's. He's running, I believe, with his boots and pants on, but no shirt, on the pavement, and Iser interviews him while driving his mule and hanging a microphone out the side. Because it's like the only way you'll ever get an interview with Nico Izzy is to interview him while he's running. Because he never stops training. Well, and, yeah. dude, he was, like, ripped. He was, like, Chinese gymnast. Like, he was, like, 12 years old and, like, four foot four, but ripped. And it was all he Oh, what do you do for fun? Train. What do you do for fun? Uh, bicycles. Well, isn't that training? Yeah. Well, what else do you do for fun? Ride. Well, isn't that training? Yeah. But that's what you do for fun? Yeah. Well, what else do you do? Yeah. Um, I run for fun. And it was like, this is ridiculous. This kid's 12. So where are we at now? Yeah, um, no, the whole burnout thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, has to be a factor. Couldn't get him to say anything. Anything he said that was fun, hobby, was just training. Right. So here we are. Right. Ten years mm-hmm. later or whatever it is. Excellent point. Excellent point. Call Ping. Yeah. Call Ping. <laughs> His parents should have called Ping. I actually thought of starting something. I was going to do, like, some consulting and, like, financial management for these guys, like, not where I would take care of their funds, but just, hey, here's some suggestions, some things not to do. You know, here's some people, here's good trainers. These are good guys. You know what I mean? Like kids are just coming in, yeah. try to get them at least steered in the right direction. But yeah. they're not smart enough to even take advantage of something like that if you had it. That's the problem. You're like, so. here's, here's Seacrest. He, he will not get you low-hanging fruit. He will get you. <laughs> Sorry, I just keep going back to that. I, I, I don't mean to make fun of him if he's listening or if his family's listening. I, I just – I haven't read anything like that for a long time. Brian's a good dude. He's just yeah, no. he's Hollywood for sure. He uh, he, he literally brought. You guys ever watch Keeping Up with the Kardashians? Come on, here we don't go. lie. Don't don't go cool guy on me. Well, here we go. <laughs> I have watched the, the show okay, a time or two okay, Courtney, because of my like wife, the middle daughter, right? The middle daughter that's 
I don't know. She's probably the most sane of all of them, maybe. The, the douchebag that she's doing, I guess, Scott? Yes, it's with like the sweaters. Baby, baby with the now. cardigans. With the cardigans. Yeah, he, show, he came, dude. Seagrass brought him to the Troy Lee truck at Anaheim 2. They're all slicked back, just as douchebaggy could be. Just Well, that's what I'm... Terrible. Yeah, it was in that interview, and I was telling Weege about it. I mean, if you're going to bring somebody from Kardashians, bring Bruce or Lamar Odom. Bring anybody yeah. but the douchiest guy from the show. Bring anyone. That's the one guy you don't, you're like, really, this guy? This is the enemy on the show. This is the one pe- people who my wife is throwing things at the TV at and yelling, calling names. Didn't he push yeah. her? Didn't he push her or something? Didn't he, like, go to jail? Like, he he, he pushed her or something? Like, I don't know. Okay, never mind. I don't know. I'll have to ask somebody else. Somebody who watches it. Go back yeah. and watch the whole season again. <laughs> oh, my God. I'd rather go for. I'd rather go get a Chipotle sponsorship. Um, yeah. Okay. All right. Well. Um. Anything else? What else we got to talk about? You want to talk about um the fact that uh, we don't know if Met- when's Metcat coming back? Do we know? Is is Medi coming back anytime soon? Uh, good question. We might. We might. Um. I want to find that out. I'll uh, see what pe- I can find out. I, I already hit his head hard. Like he he should take some time off. Yeah. Um. What about PJ Larson's move in the LCQ? I didn't like that at all. The cutting over of Lepanovich. Not not nice. Yeah, I know what you mean, man. It's like you want to say anything goes in the LCQ, but um I think I think cutting over on jumps is always excluded from the anything goes. Yeah, category. I mean his his takeout on Vincent was like, Hey, that's LCQ. But I didn't that the the moving over in the air was was Jeff Alessi on Josh Grant without the lookovers to make sure that you're gonna clean out his front wheel. By yeah, way, I, um, I watched that one over and over, though. I, it's just really hard. You know, you got to put yourself in his position where he's trying to close that line off because that Lipanovich or Lipanovich, whatever the hell you say his name, he wasn't, like, letting off. You know what I mean? He wasn't, you know, okay, PJ's got a wheel on me here. He's going to, you know, I don't know. I, I feel like that dude should have anticipated him coming over because yeah. he was already sort of, like, left side of the track, middle to left. So he's not going to hang a right and go to the berm. You know what I'm saying? I, I literally rewatched it a few times because I'm thinking, man, at okay. first I thought the same thing. Like, yeah, that was shady. I like PJ. Good dude. Yeah, I just don't know. I, I don't think you can crucify him yet because that was I, – I, I don't know who wouldn't have done that same thing. You know, do you just go straight and let, you know, old Lipper blow you off the track? Because that's what was coming if he went straight. Lipper? I don't know. I don't know how to say it. I'm calling Lipper. <laughs> Lipper bitchy. <laughs> I don't know. I just think maybe he cut over a little too much, but if he didn't, then he gets run in on. I don't know. Right. Hard one. But it definitely. Well, Lipper caught the short end of that stick for sure. Uh huh. Um, anything you guys, else? You, you just think it was dirty? Yeah, I do, but whatever. I'm not the big-time former Supercross winner on the show. So. Well, no, I'm just saying you got to put yourself in both guys' shoes. Like, the pe- Lipper should have seen him like, okay, he's got a wheel on me. He's but moving were... towards me. Maybe I should not triple him with a turn. Or... Right. I think he was going for it. Like, no, nah, screw it. I'm not letting him have it, and right. paid the price for it. Yeah, paid the ultimate price. Um, I'm very happy that out of this we got Lipper, because now we can run that. Lipper. The Lipper. is on. Yeah, no, exactly. There's some good in every in, in all, every bad. There's some good you can take out of it. Um, Ping, I was uh, I was contacted by a uh, a French 
bench former Supercross winner that is now managing one of the teams in the pits. Not gonna, mm-hmm. I'm not going to give it away. But, um, no, he didn't at all. Yeah, no. And uh, they were looking for maybe some replacement riders. Um, and I threw your name in there. For 250 class? Uh, 450 class. I threw your name in there. Why would you do that? I don't know. What do you think? <clears throat> um, yeah, no. Nope. Nope. <laughs> <Not> me. <laughs> I'm just saying, it would be a good story. Yeah, nope. <laughs> okay. All right. Negative. Uh, Billy- I can't get hurt right now, dude. I just right. You should see me when I go riding, and it's not been very often. I pad up like I'm preparing for a stunt or something. I got like chest protectors, kidney belts, neck braces, <laughs> big bubble around you. Yeah, really. Uh, uh, another guy I said was maybe Lilinovich. Lilinovich. I know Throttle at Valley really liked him, so I don't know. We could see something on that front. Yeah, if they're looking for guys, I know Billy wants to race still. Right. Um, and he still goes fast. I just did a little piece with him on a Suzuki bike that mm-hmm. we're going to do. and um, Still rides like the wind. Weege, do you ever feel like, uh, and I wrote this in my observations, do you ever feel like Fabian Iswar is sitting back there? Watching, oh, that was awesome. Watching all of us? like just Great observation. Thank you. It, re- it, it is identical to what goes on in the house right now with having an eight-month-old child. Yeah. yeah. Like, she looks at us. As if she's like paying attention to the conversation and knows what's going on, but she doesn't ever speak. Right. And you know she really isn't picking it up, but her she looks at you like she's listening when the two of you are having a conversation. It's yeah. almost like there's a three way conversation. She just never just, participates. Can you see? And that's yeah. Fabian Iswa when we're arguing about Villapoto not getting enough love or Bradshaw panic or yeah. who had the better who had a works frame at KTM and blah blah blah. Right. And so you're saying he doesn't understand it, or what? Well, his English is all right, but I just got. I think f- he doesn't know what to make of it all. Yeah, like, like it's, there's so much just anger and insults, and we're all yelling at each other, and some of it's funny, and, and some of it's serious, and, oh, and then, you just can't keep up. Yeah, sometimes you're breaking into high five somebody who made a point that you agree with, and then <laughs> yeah. other people, then you're yeah. they're pushing somebody who you don't agree with. The next guy that you just high five makes a bad point, and you push him, and like and then you start talking about Bradshaw, and then <laughs> like. Yeah. If you're, you Fabian, it all. if you're Fabian you Iswa, you're going back to France going, I don't know how that team – I don't know what goes hey. on over there. They have chicken wings and hot dogs. Get me back to Charles de Gaulle. <laughs> I, just, I, I, I just feel like I saw him there on the weekend leaning over the vice at the back of the truck, kind of like <laughs> outside of the – and I'm wondering what, oh, no. what is oh, no. this dude thinking right now? Because everybody was in on it. Like, everybody had a point. Bidus was in there, and, and both mechanics, yeah, Wiggins and Williamson, and then Fish would come down, and then Rick Ash would, like, drop in from the heavens real quick, and then Villapoto would show up, yep. and everybody was weighing in and high-fiving and yelling and making fun of this, and then the whole time he was just over there right. watching. Yeah. Like, I cannot comprehend. Do they like each other? Do they hate <laughs> each other? What are these stories? How is this the points leader's truck? <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Fun, funny times, though. I was just thinking put myself in his shoes. So, You know, I think, Fish, um, before you showed up while I was trying to eat all the food before you got there. Um, <laughs> like, and Fish, Good luck with that. Fish, yeah, Fish kind of hinted, and this was bad that he let this out, but I think he kind of hinted that this kind of thing he's cool with because it kind of breaks up the tension. It's 6.30, opening ceremonies are a half hour away. They're done working. Right. You know, there's nothing more that can be done. And it's just nervous time. 
so I was kind of picking up that he was cool at all because right. that's breaking the tension. But man, he shouldn't open the door like that. Well, and then uh, and but then Weeds, you've gone over to the San Manuel truck since Brooks has been gone, who's still on family time, by the way. Must have been really yeah. enjoying himself. Yeah, what a vacation. Um, and you you commented that things are tense. People are looking down at their feet. There's not much going on. No, no, no. I haven't been over to the truck, but I mean, we've seen it. Like if you're if you see them on the track walk and you accidentally make eye contact or they're walking through the hallway, like. Those dudes are always so afraid that you might ask them a question that they don't want to answer. No, okay, well, maybe, what, maybe it wasn't you then. Someone else was at the truck after the race in Atlanta. or Oh, really? No, no, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm talking about, well, hey, you and I, folks listening at home, the way that the Indianapolis is set up, you have to walk from the pits to the track. There's a hallway that's what, yeah. 300 yards? Right. So, you know, longer than the entire length of the stadium, I'd say. You're walking through this tunnel. And... Stewart, and who was with him? Was it Sorby? Was it No, he was by Laurier? himself. I think he was by himself. Nah, there was someone else in the team, you know, in step with him. And, you know, the, the, most of these homeschool riders wouldn't remember this, but for those of us that did go to high school, you know how it's like you see someone at the end of the hallway and you know eventually you're going to have to say, hey, what's up, because you're staring well, at each other well, for first, 30 maybe, seconds. Maybe you should tell everybody what the, some of the other guys coming up. What? What's that? Well, like we saw Dino, we saw RV. Yeah, and you just give a what's up or whatever. I mean, you, it's someone you know, and you just acknowledge each other. But it was like they're doing everything they can to try to avoid eye contact for fear that they might have to say what's up, for fear that you might ask them a question yeah. that would put them in a dangerous situation. It's just tense over there, man. Right. They, they, don't, they don't dare throw the head nod with the eyebrow raise. No, no because what if we like were to say, the, hey, 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 know. what's up with Brooks? What if we were to turn that into that? Yeah. Hey, wh- what? why is this story like... Why can it not be told? I mean, someone surely knows what's going on by now. It's not me, but, like, somebody does. How come it's so hidden? Yeah, someone must know what's going on. So why wouldn't someone say something? Well, the the situation first with the tunnel was, and we just wanted to tell the whole story probably because he didn't want to get in trouble, but Dino. That was the whole story. There was more to it. Well, Dean comes up. Dean's got sign posters. And oh, he, that one, yeah, And yeah. Dean's like, hey, yeah. jerkies, what's up? Gives me a signed poster. Weege asks him for one. He goes, no, and he just keeps walking. Then RV comes up and starts yelling and screaming about something and right. gave one of us the finger, and then we saw a KTM. We saw Shorty, or we saw somebody from KTM, and we're like, hey, what's up? Ah. And then we saw James and a guy from San Manuel. And they, yeah, yeah, it did work like that. You're right. And they did everything they could to not look at me and Tubby over there uh, walking down the tunnel. Or, I Wait. Mean, you and Tubby. <laughs> I wonder if you caught that. What um, happened? They were doing everything they could to not look at Weege and Tubby walking through the tunnel. Like, you know, no eye contact, nothing. And we're like, ah. It just was just funny, you know? And in no way do we mean this as we want to be cool guys and we want all the riders to acknowledge us so we can feel like we're important. No. We're just, just saying that it's no different than walking in the hallways of high school. When you're... 300 yards away from someone, and how long does that take? 30 seconds, a minute, to the point where you yeah. cross path, like yeah. you cross each other's paths? At some point, eye contact's going to be made. You're going to give the what's up head nod or something. Yeah, something. It's no different than if it's Andrew Shorter. If it's or even if they don't like you, they shank junior. you. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah, dude, just whatever. You just, the first right. time you see someone, you make eye contact, you say, hey, if you haven't seen them all weekend or that day of school, right. except right. those guys, for fear of you might ask them a question. Right. It just doesn't mm-hmm. seem like a fun so- when, when will the answer come out? When will it come out about Larry Brooks? I don't know. What's really going on? What's the truth? 
don't get the whole thing at Why all. Why wouldn't they just say it now? I don't know. I, I wrote that. I've said it. I've talked about it. I've written it. I don't know why you just don't come out and be like, Larry did an awesome job. Uh, we're going to move in a different direction. I want to thank him for all that he's done. Um, you know, thank you again, Larry. See you later. Happens all the time in all sorts of sports. I don't know why. Is it – how much of that comes down to us, though? Like, I, I've, never, I've never understood how in other sports how to – there's been other things that people don't want to talk about and somehow it gets out. So is it us not – Taking mean, an opportunity in the hallway to grill him, like not forcing him and just I, asking. I asked James Anthony style. before I wrote that before I wrote that uh, Larry Brooks story on Racer X a couple weeks ago. I yeah. said, "Hey, I'm writing this story. Um, you know, I want to know. I just let you know it's coming up. Do you have anything to say or anything to add to it?" And he and he said, "There is no story." That was his quote. I said, "Okay, I'll, I'll quote you on that." And I said, "LOL," and then he said, "No, don't do that," which I just. Did. <laughs> But and it, no, like it was an official story that I was writing, and I felt like I should get his side. He feels yeah. like it's not a story. I say differently. Um, I, I had you know what's funny on the on the message boards and comments and stuff. People people hate Larry Brooks. <laughs> yes, they do. They do. I mean, I, and I don't know. I don't think that's uh, you know founded at all. I it, mean, it's not. It's, Larry, it's the only a, thing you can fault Larry with is being really passionate about whichever rider happens to be on his team. I'm sure he's definitely like stubborn and bullheaded, but man, I, at the end of the day, he wants what's best for his rider and his team. Yeah, I don't know. And I know Chad didn't get along with him, or their their relationship soured. Maybe that's where a lot of it comes from. But like, you can't argue with the success they've had over there. No, Larry clearly runs a tight ship. You know what I mean? And he's very serious about winning. Yeah, I'm with you. I don't know. He even took. The I, don't know. I don't know why people dog him so hard. He even took the time to post on message boards. And I think some people didn't like the way he posted some things or said some things. But with Larry, like like a lot of people in life, there is no orange for him. It's black or white. Larry's very much yes or no, or I love this, or I hate this. Like, that's just the way he is as a, as a guy. And he took the time to post some cool stuff on message boards, and fans still roasted him for it. Um, you know, one time he did come on come across as a bit of a douche when he was complaining about TV coverage three years ago. But we've we've certainly all said things or written things or whatever that maybe, you know, made us sound a bit douchey. But I mean, I don't know why people still hold that against him, or if they even if they do. But I agree with you, Ping. He uh, he's a polarizing guy. I worked for him. I know him. I've known him for a long time. So I'll bet if he is on the show right now, he could explain to us what Hockenbach was. He probably could. <laughs> hey, and and I've had him on all my shows, and I've done podcasts with him, and I get emails that say, you know what, I didn't like Larry Brooks, but after listening to him, I realize he's just a fan. And, you know, because he is. He's a fan. Dude, the guy knows a lot. He, he loves the sport. It's all he knows. He's on the cover of MXA when he was 14 or whatever. But, um, yeah, I don't know. As far as the Brooks story, it's not done yet. Um, I've, you know, I've messaged him here and there. It's not done. It's not ready to be told. So they're still negotiating and figuring out what's going on. Oh, boy. So, I learned something. Is it going to get um, legally hairy? I, it is going to get legally hairy. Correct. Oh. I've heard um, – I asked – I did this Toyota event a couple months ago, and one of the reporters there worked for Slam, the basketball magazine. And I said, dude, no one in our sport will tell anyone anything. Is it us? Do we suck as reporters? Why can't – how come when a player wants to be traded, where do these rumors come from? Where does Adam Schefter and the NFL insiders get their information? Agents. And he said, oh, agents just leak stuff all the time. They purposely leak stuff. Yeah. So once it gets that big and you have 
you know, 12 different people involved in a business deal. One of them is going to be dumb enough to leak it, or one of them is going to leak it on purpose to either get this guy some attention or get him some leverage or what they want. You know, they might even want the team to know that they're looking for a trade via the press. Um, unfortunately, I guess we don't have the 12 people involved in every step, so you can't yeah. finally. But it doesn't always. It does, in another sport, it wouldn't come directly from James or Larry. But I guess in this case, we don't have anyone in between that's dumb enough to tell us. Yeah, and I mean, and Ch- Chipotle told Secret. Someone should call Sorby. <laughs> there you go. That's the guy. That, yeah. But it probably would be. That, that type of guy would be the guy to accidentally tell you something he shouldn't have said because he was mad or something, you know? I, I did ask him to come on the show a couple Mondays ago, but he was going gator hunting. I don't know if that was just an excuse. or I can just imagine Sorby late at night drunk gator hunting. That would be a reality show in itself. Um, but, uh, uh, well, someone asked Seacrest what's going on. Maybe he can f- figure it out. He probably would. Uh, he, doesn't, he doesn't chase fruit hanging that low, man. Oh, yeah, yeah. I forgot. Uh, and with that, let's wrap this uh, uh, Brian Seacrest podcast show up. Um, thank you for, for doing it, Pink. Thank you, Weege. Um, any, any last words? Either one of you? I can say every week this was long enough. Okay. Uh, words of wisdom: Don't sweat the petty, pet the sweaty. And and when in doubt, if it's three a.m., call Ping. <laughs> uh, all right. Thank you for being on the BTOSports.com RacerX podcast show, Indianapolis wrap up, and we will do this next week, same time, same place. Only Ping. Let's try not to uh, make 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 me wake up in an unreasonable hour. Sounds like a good deal. All right. Thanks, guys. This has been the BTOsports.com podcast show brought to you by RacerX. Don't forget to check out some of our past shows, including motocross legends such as The Beast from the East, Damon Bradshaw. It got to the point where I didn't want to leave home, and once I got to the race, I wasn't into it. If I wasn't going to give 100%, I'm not going to take their money. The Working Class Hero, Doug Henry. It was definitely an emotional moment for me, just thinking to myself, that's it, you know, and it's, it's amazing the stuff that goes through your head in a short amount of time of the things that, you know, that I was going to miss. The daughter, Ron Machine. Until you really open your ears and you want to listen to what they're saying, it's like beating a dead horse. I mean, you know, and I know from personal experience, did anybody ever sit me down? Of course they did. Everybody did. Pro Circuits, Mitch Payton. There's two ways to make the money. One is you can sign for money, or two, you can earn the money. I'm a high believer in earning the money. I think they ride better when they earn the money. Seven-time Jeremy McGrath. I was so mad, like so disappointed and so frustrated that I pulled pitch and I left. Every point counts. I could kick myself to this day for not just riding around in tents. It's been no problem. My, my ego got in the way, you know? The O Show, Johnny O'Mara. Stuff that you could, you'd sit there if you didn't even want to ride it. You just wanted to just look at it all day. I mean, I got a chance to test all that. I like that era I was in. I really do. Search Pulp MX on the iTunes Store to enjoy these and many more great podcasts. You know I've got this friend of me.